Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the American Pipeline podcast presented by BetMGM and McKenny Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. This is Sydney Wolf from the Rink Live. Sydney, thank you for holding down the fort for the last two weeks while I was on the road for the cup final. Um, but now that the season is over, we have a lot to talk about vis-a-vis American pipeline prospects. Yeah, we were just talking about, at least I was mentioning before the show, I feel like there's so much work like between the cup final and then the draft is like crazy time for everybody of mm-hmm. all the last minute stuff of teams talking and what prospects have sort of moved up and moved down in everybody's eyes. So we're kind of in crunch time with T-minus, what is it now, six days until the draft? We're getting getting real close. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know, there, there really is just this complete, like, like, dash towards the end of the season where we have the cup final. I was on the road for two straight weeks. And then we have the draft, which is going to be crazy when it comes to, like, like I, the draft is huge just because it's such a stacked draft and there's so much that's important in, you know, to, to look at with it and everyone's, you know, gonna, gonna have their analysis, but there's going to be a ton of trades that happen. It feels like the trade market's ready to burst. And then we have free agency, like right, like a day after basically where we're even more trades and signings and all that. Like it, it really is this mad dash towards the end of the season. So I'm glad that we can, uh, we can focus our, our efforts on the draft for, for right now, because boy, there is some, some interesting stuff to talk about. Yeah, it's going to be interesting just because we'll have the draft. And then, like you said, it's not like it just stops after the draft. There's still a bunch of the other stuff that's going to happen that weekend. But then hopefully it'll be actually summer after that for a little while. And hopefully. there's always there's always news that pops up. But then at least once you get through sort of that week and all the free agency stuff, then hopefully it'll just be a little more calm, a little more summery. And then we'll have a little bit of a breather. I feel like July at least for me, I don't know about for you, is usually like the most chill month, I guess, in the scope of things, but it really just depends on the year. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, really, really does. Um, all right, let's 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 get started here. I mean, the draft, this is our, our last episode before the draft kicks off. So we might as well just talk about uh, things in a draft sort of centered context here. And let's start with obviously the highest guy on, on you know, the, the American Pipeline rankings right at the top of the totem pole. It is Adam Fantilli. Slated to go second overall. If he's drafted by by uh, Anaheim, though, second overall, will he go back to school? That's a big question. Yeah, this was the big thing we were talking about like before the show last week. We didn't really end up getting to this on the show last week, but it's kind of the big thing of everyone saying, well, is he for sure going to sign with them? Is he going to come back? Because we did see Logan Cooley's now going to come back. And, you know, he's kind of in a specific situation where he – got drafted to Arizona. They have a lot of question marks right now with their team. So maybe he doesn't want to be a part of the uncertainty of that, but he's also been doing really good with Minnesota. And for him, he didn't win the Hobie Baker this year. So he still has something kind of to, to work toward where I feel like Fantilli, he already won it, you know, essentially the best 
college hockey player there is, is kind of that award. So he kind of did it all in college hockey this year. So for him, I, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up signing and I would be a little bit more surprised, I guess, if he does decide to come back just because he sort of did it all. And we have seen kind of that pattern of more and more college hockey players doing two years and then signing instead of those one and dones that were kind of popular for a little bit. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. I I assume he's going to wait until he does officially get drafted, then talk with the team, because I'm sure they're going to have a specific plan for him, too. Do they want to bring him in right away? Do they want him to go back? I assume they're probably going to want him, but I don't know. I don't know if you have any input on this or anything you've heard, just because this is kind of a, a big situation. But I feel like he would probably sign, but you never know. We've definitely had crazier things happen. You know, I... I can see both ways because I feel like a lot of kids, especially with COVID, have been more protective over their college experiences. Like I feel like a lot – like there are a lot of kids who are like, yeah, you know, like I, I, I was in college for a year, but I'll wait another year just because, you know, like I, I basically – I want to have that experience. You know, like we – you know, Matthew Nyes did the same thing with Toronto. Uh, Owen Power did the same thing with Buffalo, you know, where it's just – like they wanted to go back. Yeah. They had some other things to, to deal and they, it was good for their development, but they also, you know, they just wanted to, it was like, it's like their last opportunity to be a kid. Um, and, but I do think that Anaheim is in a much different spot here. Like they are, I don't know. They, they, they're a team that can, I don't want to say like turn it around right away, but they're not a team that's in dire straits. Like they're not, a, they're not an unmitigated disaster, despite the fact that they, they had a terrible season last year and finished second overall. They have a, uh, you know, in the draft. So second last, I guess they have a ton of, of really good sort of young players that Fantelli could feel really emboldened being a part of. They have a new coach, you know, they have a GM that's being aggressive. They have, they have some decent veteran guys there. Um, You know, they, they, it's the path back to relevancy for them is not very far away. And I feel like if Adam Fantilli feels like you said that he, you know, that he did everything he, he, he could have, there's nothing else, you know, like, you know, Alexander wept because there are no more worlds left to conquer, you know, that kind of thing. Like, it's like, it, that's his thing. Then why not? Like, why why not start right away if you feel like you're ready? It's not like a situation, you know, with the Logan Coolies or guys like that where, you know, like for Arizona, it's like, I don't even know if if I'm going to be an Arizona Coyote or like a Utah Coyote or a Houston yeah. Coyote in a couple of years. So why don't I just go back to school and enjoy it while I can, while my employer figures out exactly what they're doing. Anaheim is an, is a, is a pretty like the Ducks are a pretty solid organization. So I think that I, I feel like he's probably going to sign and come back. I this is not based on information. This is just based on the vibes. I you know I talked to him at the uh, uh, at the Cup final. He was there. You know like you know shook his hand, had some had a meal, and he's a, he's a good kid. And he seems like in he seemed really wowed by everything there. And I think he wants to be part of that NHL fraternity right away. Yeah, it'll just be interesting, but you never know. Maybe he really wants to win a, a college hockey championship, so that would be huge, but I assume we'll know some more information when we do our next episode since he likely will know where he's going and the team and him probably will have a, a big chat and all that. Exactly. All right, let's move on to some other uh, you know national team development program guys. Let's start with Will Smith. You know, These are guys we've talked about all year long, um, but, but you know, they're, 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 they're going to factor in a lot. In, in this draft that's coming up here. It's a, it's a deep draft and it's a deep group here. Let's start with Will Smith. Yeah, there's just so many names for the NTDP. NTDP. I mean, we can't even talk about all of them because basically, you know, they have 
a million guys that are draft eligible this year. And so many of them are going to hear their names called. And I feel like everybody knows like the big couple of names, which I would say, you know, Will Smith is one of them. He's pretty much like the highest one of this group here, just in general, obviously all the rankings are different, but he's kind of like that guy who it seems like when you look at all the different rankings people have had out anywhere from like four to six usually he's going to be really high this year same with you know ryan leonard gabe pro and oliver moore have all been kind of like the main staple kind of guys within that group they're all going to go really really high they all kind of got like their own style of hockey but they've been kind of like the heavy hitters for the ntdp this year but they still have plenty of other guys too that will get their names called they're just maybe not like that first round super high draft pick type of guys. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. plenty of other guys that are going to be really interesting to sort of see where they end up going. Cause some of these guys, when you look up like mock drafts, some of these names we'll talk about are just like really polarizing. Sometimes people have them ranked really high uh, and then they fell kind of throughout the year. Maybe their stock fell a little bit or kind of vice versa. They might've started lower and then they, climbed a little bit towards the end of the year. So there's going to be some really interesting ones. I know one I've heard, like, for example, that was kind of polarizing to some people was Brady Cleveland, Mm -hmm. um, who's a guy that isn't going to really give you many points at all. I mean, looking through his two years of NTDP, he doesn't even have a goal for them. So he's not going to be a guy who's going to give you like offense, but he's a big, big defender and he's really physical so if that's what your team's looking for, then that's kind of your guy. But that's going to be a interesting prospect where some team might really want that and other teams are going to go, yeah, we don't need that at all. So there's some interesting names in here that I'm really interested sort of to see when they get picked and who picks them. Um, I know Danny Nelson I've heard a lot about too. I believe he had a pretty good combine showing, if I'm remembering correctly, out, out of all the names I've read this year, I feel like my mind's getting so jumbled now as we get closer to the draft because you're just reading names all day and mm-hmm. and stats and all that. But he's one of those guys that's a, a bigger forward. He's 6'3", 200 pounds. And there's a lot of teams that I know. There's some smaller forwards and players in this draft. And, you know, not every team is going to want to take a smaller guy. So I feel like some of these bigger guys are probably going to have a lot of eyes on them. So Danny Nelson, a name to look out for. Some of the other, like, NTDP guys, Paul Fisher, you know, uh, there's just so many on here. I'm not even going to let name them all because there's literally like so many of their names. You can just look at the NTDP roster and all the draft eligibles and they'll all probably get their names called at some point. But obviously the big ones to know heading into next week. Yeah. Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, Gabe Pro, Oliver Moore. Those are the big ones, the heavy hitters. Absolutely. What about uh, some high level college freshmen? Potentially, you know, some guys who, you know, have already been been in there who are now uh, potentially getting ready. Yeah, it's hard being a young college freshman, especially when you're that young, that you come back after that first year in the summer and you're still draft eligible. That's not very common. But, you know, the three that are kind of like the big ones, I feel like that everyone's been talking about is Matthew Wood of UConn, who had a really, really good year this year. We've already talked about him on the podcast before. I bet he's going to have a lot of teams looking at him because he's got good size. He's six foot three, so he's pretty tall. He had 34 points in 34, 35 games, so almost a point per game and led UConn in scoring. Pretty hard to do as a freshman. Um, Another one interested to see where he lands is Gavin Brindley because I thought he was great for Michigan this year. 
another guy almost a point per game mm-hmm. also played in the world junior cup, but he's only five, nine. So again, some teams might be a little turned away by that, but he's such a good player that he's going to have to go fairly high. It just kind of depends on who's going to want to take a chance on him a little bit, just because of the size thing. And then on the flip flop of that, Charlie Stramo is a guy who's, you know, really big, didn't have necessarily a great points here this year for Wisconsin, but Wisconsin just wasn't good this year. Um, so that's kind of another thing. Sometimes you have to take those stats with a little bit of a grain of salt. He might be kind of one of those prospects who might be a little bit of a project. It might take him a couple years to catch on and really kind of become that big next level player, but he's 6'3", 216. So he's just like a big guy, you know, not super eye-popping stats, but a lot of hype around him. And I think it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, and a few more other just college freshmen. I know Luke Middlestat, people are like, is he finally going to get picked this year um, after a really good year with the Gophers and with Minnesota? He had a great year. You know, he's gotten passed over before, but he showed that he can keep up with, with the college hockey scene. He had a good year this year, great year in the USHL last year. Matt Capone of Merrimack, another name to look out for. And uh, Charles Alexis Legault of Quinnipiac. So a couple of college freshmen here who will be looking to uh, get their names picked. But the main ones being, yeah, Wood, Brindley, and Stramel are kind of those like high-level ones. Very cool. Um, all right, let's move on to some uh, potential, like some some of the leagues that we might not talk about a ton. Um, but we, we're going to start here with the BCHL leading scorer. He's a main commit, Bradley Nadeau. We don't, yeah, necessarily talk about like the BCHL or like the AJHL too even much. Even all that much, really. Yeah, on this show, we don't necessarily as much, but there are some prospects that will definitely get their name called. It's just a matter of when um, next week during the draft. And Bradley Nadeau, Bradley Nadeau had just a huge year this year, but I know sometimes people are, it's hard to compare some of the players in the BCHL and the AJHL because there's some teams that'll be, really good and then they play teams in that league that aren't very good so sometimes it's like are these stats a little inflated because they're playing in this league or just it's kind of hard to tell like what are they going to be like when they make the jump to the NCAA so some people I think say well it might be kind of hard to tell what they can they can do in the future but you can't deny that uh, his stats are really impressive this year for the V's in the BCHL he had 113 points at 54 games like that is just that's just ridiculous. So uh, he's going to be like the big BCHL name. His brother, Josh, is also eligible for the draft and was the second leading scorer in the league. So they're both really good. They had two points per game. So like that's that's pretty dang good. Um, and then another guy who was in the BCHL too, uh, a Russian, Adar Suniev, I think I'm saying his name right, um, also is is in a lot of draft rankings and will likely get picked next week. He had 90 points in 50 games, so still really impressive. He's a UMass commit. So a couple of guys in the BCHL that just had really massive years that uh, are definitely going to be prospects that you should keep your eyes out for. Absolutely. All right. Well, you mentioned the AJHL. Let's mention it again, starting with Aiden Fink, who's their leading scorer. He's going to Penn State. This is another guy, too, where just massive numbers this year, but uh, because he played for the team in the AJHL, the Brooks Bandits, they're like, 
just really good. And a lot of times they beat the other teams in the AJHL by they just they just win a lot of the games compared to everybody else. So sometimes people are like, well, those stats might be a little like inflated again. How are they going to do when they make that jump to college hockey? Sometimes Mm -hmm. those are the concerns people will say. But again, great stats, 97 points in 54 games for Brooks. Um, and he's just a guy that uh, has had some some great numbers. Again, not the biggest guy, so that might be part of it too. Um, and then there's a couple other guys on on his team too. Hudson Malinowski of the AJHL, Aiden Celebrini, who's playing in the AJHL. Obviously, everybody knows the Celebrini name now. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's some guys from other leagues too. Like I know Warren Clark, who's playing in the MJHL, was on like the central scouting list is and is on a a lot of people's projections too. So although we probably won't see a ton of names from these leagues, there's definitely going to be a handful of these guys who are going to go at some point in the draft next week um, because they're going to be there. I just don't know where, because again, I don't think they're going to be like super high picks, but I also don't think they're going to be like last round type of picks either. So they'll probably be kind of in the middle there somewhere. Absolutely. All right. Well, now we got a, a league that we do mention a bunch. And it's the USHL. You know, these guys tend to go a ton in the later rounds. Um, and, uh, you know, let's let's talk about it. Let's start with Will Whitelaw of Wisconsin. There's so many, yeah, high-level USHL guys that uh, we could mention. Again, kind of like the NTDP, not going to be able to mention all of them because there's so many that are – draft eligible and that will probably hear their names picked. But again, sometimes it's in those later rounds and in round six and seven, it's like, okay, well, if this guy's not picked yet, they'll probably go sixth, seventh round type of pick. But some of these guys will definitely go higher. I think the higher sort of level guys, you know, Will Whitelaw has gotten a lot of attention. And so has Jaden Perron. Uh, They've been kind of the big, ushl guys this year both of them i know people have said like well they're not very big they're they're definitely on the smaller side so that's been kind of the concern for some of the people when looking at them will white law is listed at like five nine um Jaden parent parent is like also five nine so not the biggest guys but they both had really really impressive years i mean will white law with young sound who just won uh, the clark cup almost a point per game. So that's uh, really good. And and Jaden also had a really good year this year, 72 points in 61 games, which is really, really good. And I think they're going to be great players once they go through a couple, couple years of college hockey, develop a little bit there, you know, spend some time adapting to that next level of game. But obviously there's always going to be people that are like, well, they're, they're small. So they're probably not going to be like in the top 10 or anything, but um, they'll go probably fairly high just because I know a lot of people, like mm-hmm. them and their game they have big gears um a couple of other ones like i've heard a lot about of andrew strathman this year had a really good season tanner ludke uh had a had a great year this year in the ushl i mean there's so many on here like cole knubel had a great year for fargo zachariah wisdom which is an awesome name mm-hmm. uh, i've heard is just a really great physical player eric polkamp was great this year i mean there's so many USHL guys that could get picked next week. You could spend a whole episode of this show speculating. So I won't do that, but uh, obviously, yeah, I would say there's a couple of bigger names and then there's a bunch of people that you could see going like those mid to later rounds. Probably going to be a lot of uh, American prospect guys this year in, in those like rounds five, six, seven. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then let's go to some goaltenders. And there's some really interesting names here just because, you know, goalies are obviously always difficult to predict. But we have some guys who, you know, they've shown flashes at times. They've been written off and they've been written back on. Uh, if that's the term, I'm not sure. Lot, lots of interest. Let's start with um, Adam Guyan of, of the Null, and he's a Minnesota Duluth commit. But we got some interesting names here. Let's take a look at them. Yeah, this year is kind of a strange year for goalies because there's a lot of goalies that are really good. But a lot of teams, since this is a deep draft kind of just throughout, it's like, well, how high are you going to be willing to draft a goalie? Because, you know, there's other players they're going to want. So I'm just really interested to see where the goalies end up getting picked because there's some really good goalies, but I don't know if they're going to get picked really high. I don't know if they're going to fall a little bit towards the middle. It might be kind of an interesting game with teams kind of playing like, okay, how high are we willing to pick this guy? Because, yeah, um, Adam Guyon, great year this year. Uh, Jacob Fowler, obviously a big name. Trey Augustine, and then also Carson Musser, and then a, a guy from the combat I know got some hype, Michael Rabble, because he was almost like six foot seven or something in, in the height measurements, which if you're a team that's looking for a tall goalie, I mean, that's probably exactly what you would want. So there's definitely a lot of interesting goalie names this year. Um, I just have absolutely no idea when they're going to get picked. Yeah. I mean, Trey Augustine was the, was the, the most interesting candidate just because he went into the world juniors as their, as team USA's third goalie ended the, the tournament as their starter, you know, and I've heard a lot from our resident prospect, um, you know, guy who's, who's, I'm going to say not analyst, but just like, you know, expert Ryan Kennedy. And he, uh, he made that prediction and it came true. So very, very interesting. Um, all right, let's talk about some Minnesota high school players, AKA right in your wheelhouse. So I'm just going to let you cook on these because I know you, uh, you love your Minnesota high school hockey, Sydney. Yeah. And it's always fun to talk about these guys because a lot of these players will probably be later round picks. They're not going to be like the crazy, super high anything. I feel like Jason Chagabee has been kind of the the highest name out of a lot of these players. Um, and he's been really, really good this year. I've watched him so many times. He's super fun to watch. Um, he'll get picked and he'll be an awesome pick for whoever chooses him. And his teammate Hampton Slukinski is kind of another guy that could be a later round goalie pick too. Um, so that's kind of interesting to watch. There's a couple guys from Andover High School that were all on central scouting. They've been on a lot of different um, draft projections, probably for the later rounds, Gavin Thorson, Cooper Conway, and Caden Casey. They were a line that was just incredible in high school hockey this year. Um, all really good scorers. Jackson Nevers of Edina, he's a Gophers commit. Uh, same with Teddy Townsend. He's from Eden Prairie. Also some guys that you could see going in later rounds. Um, if you're looking for like defensemen, defensive defenseman, Ryan Coring of Eden Prairie has a lot of hype. He's a Colorado college commit. Another big defenseman heard a lot about that I definitely think has a good shot of being picked next week is Chase Cheslock. Um, I know he's been on some people's lists. Um, same with Jake Fisher. He just flipped his commitment to Denver. He played for Creighton Durham Hall, played in a couple of USHL games at the end of the season. He's another name to, to keep your eye out for. And then uh, even though this isn't technically like technically Minnesota high school, Shattuck St. Mary's always has a, you know, some really talented kids in the mix there, especially I know this year it's Zach Naring, I think is how you say his last name, and Hunter Anderson. They've been kind of like the bigger names um, for them this year, but I know there's a bunch of guys on that team that are really, really good. Uh, and then lately another goalie too, Stephen Peck, 
Um, I believe is how you say his name of Avon Old Farms is a guy too that's another goalie could be picked at some point. Again, there's a lot of interesting goalies that could get picked this year, um, possibly towards those later rounds. But that's kind of uh, the high school players that I've seen for the most part on the, on the draft boards. Every once in a while, there will be a random one that I didn't think would get picked gets thrown into like the seventh round. So you never know, but those have been the names I've been kind of hearing the most a little bit on different people's like draft projections and all that stuff. Very cool. All right. Well, now let's go into one of our last uh, American pipeline team sort of analysis, things that we're going through where we basically run through all the players in uh, of a certain team's prospects who are in the American pipeline. We're on the Vancouver Canucks web 10. They have a lot. So let's let's dive in. Let's start with Matthew Thiessen, uh from Minnesota Duluth. So we actually are starting with two goalies, which I think is interesting because normally we sometimes don't even have goalies when we mm-hmm. talk about um, prospects for these teams. But uh, this guy, you know, when we were just talking about later round goaltending picks, he was one of those seventh round pick back in 2018. Um, Manitoba guy, 6'2", 214 pounds. Has had kind of an interesting career, though. I mean, he's 23, so he's already a little bit older. Um, Played three years at Maine, then transferred to Minnesota Duluth. And now, from what I heard, it sounds like he's coming back to use that fifth year of eligibility. Um, His years at Maine, he didn't really do great. He didn't play, like, a ton. And then he came to UMD this year. um, Split some time in net with some of their other really good guys and had a really good season this past year. I mean, he had his best stats yet, which was a 905 save percentage over like 19 games. So coming back this year to hopefully round out his game even more, but he'll need probably a a big year this year. I assume he's going to want to have some uh, impressive stats for his final year in college. Yeah. And then we have Aku Koskeven Koskenvuo. Koskenvuo? Yeah, it's it's a Finnish name, so we can... We can I'm just gonna go Genvo. He's from Harvard. He's 20, and he was a 2021 fifth round pick. Yeah, this is a guy from Finland. If you couldn't tell by the by the name there, but uh, taller guy, six foot four, just hovering around 200 pounds there. But he's been playing for Harvard this year. He didn't really get in the action much this year, but he was a freshman. Freshman goaltenders typically, you know, not seeing a ton of time in college hockey. You got to kind of work your way into that uh, starter spot, but he's been pretty good. I mean, in the past, he has played in the World Junior Cup for Finland, so obviously he has some prestige to his name. Definitely needs some more time to develop, though, since he didn't really play much for Harvard this year. I think it says he played in, like, two games or something. So he didn't play that much, but I assume this next year, since Harvard's main guy graduated, that he could kind of be their, their guy heading into this next year or has at least a good shot of doing that. Um, so hopefully he'll have a, a good year this year and uh, kind of not officially start off his college career because he already did that, but just get some more playing time and get more used to it. That would be great. All right, Jackson Dorrington of Northeastern, sixth round pick in 2022, but a big left shot defenseman. Another sort of later round pick here. Yeah, so six foot two guy, defenseman here, 19, so he's Still fairly young. He's from Massachusetts. Kind of more of that uh, defensive defenseman. Not a guy that's going to put up like a crazy amount of points or anything. This year he was a freshman at Northeastern and had six assists in 35 games. Um, It seems like from what I've read, I haven't watched a ton of Northeastern this last year, but it seems like he's just a good defenseman, good in transition, but it sounds like his skating might need a little bit of work. But obviously if he's in college hockey, uh, 
he's there to develop. So he'll be back, I assume, for Northeastern this year, um, keep on developing, and I assume we'll be there for at least a handful of years before he decides to uh, turn pro. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, now we got Jacob Truscott, another big left shot defenseman, and another later round pick, 2025th round pick, but he's a former uh, national team development program player. So interesting. Yeah, and actually the day that we're recording this, they just announced, Michigan just announced him as the captain of the team for this upcoming year. So that's kind of interesting. Obviously, that's a, a big honor. So he must be a good leader, a good locker room type of guy. So that's always a bonus. But um, yeah, six foot one, he's 21 right now, former national team player. Just finished up his uh, junior year, I believe. He had uh, 16 points this year, four goals and 12 assists. So not too shabby with the points. Um, played in the World Junior Cup once, so some prestige there. Um, and from what I've read, it seems like, you know, he's a guy who's pretty good at, like, breaking up passes in the neutral zone and stuff like that, good at making passes too. But seems like from some of the scouting reports I've read, he can be kind of inconsistent. Um, so I assume he's coming back from Michigan, probably wants to play a really solid senior year and then maybe make some decisions based off how this year goes. Cause he could also be eligible to play that extra COVID year if he wants. We'll have to see. All right. Now we got Jack Malone, um, 22 year old, 2019, sixth round pick from Cornell, but he's in the transfer portal. So yeah, we don't know where he's going. in the transfer portal, but he hasn't uh, announced anywhere yet uh, that I've seen. But he's had kind of a weird sort of development path so far. He played in the USHL for Youngstown for like two years and then went to Cornell and then went back to the USHL for a season, did really good in the USHL and then went back to Cornell. Um, and he's done OK in college hockey. He's done fine. But when you look at his USHL stats, which are like a point per game stats, he just hasn't really been able to translate that over to college hockey and sort of make that jump. He's been decent in college hockey, but he just isn't the same player as he is in, in the USHL. So I assume in the transfer portal means he's looking for kind of a change of scenery, switch things up a little bit, um, because I assume he has one year left of eligibility because that COVID year he was playing in the USHL. So I assume it's just this next year for him. Um, so he's going to need probably a big year this year as well for his senior season. You'd certainly think so. All right. Now we got Jackson Coons from North Dakota, uh, you know, a center 2024th round pick. This is a big guy. He's six foot three and it says 227 pounds. So he is a big dude. He's heavy. Um, he's, I've heard he's got a heavy shot, good net front guy. He's big. He was really great for Shattuck St. Mary's and then, um, in the USHL, but another guy who hasn't really found that production in the NCAA yet, uh, his freshman year, he had six points this year, he had five. So he's just, it, it hasn't really sort of clicked yet from again, that jump from the USHL to college hockey. Now he's only going to be a junior. So he still has two years left of eligibility, but another guy that probably needs to be making a, a bigger jump here if he wants to eventually go pro and, and do good there because he has a lot of good history uh, being a hockey player, but needs to show it a little bit more in some stats. For sure. Damon Gardner of Tri-City of the USHL, 2022 fourth round pick. So a guy who was recently drafted um, and he's a big dude as well. He's 6'4", 200, so maybe not as heavy, but he's he's tall. He's big. Yeah, this is a guy that's uh, pretty big. I was able to watch him a little bit two years ago when he played for War Road High School in Minnesota. 
Um, he's actually from Ontario, but he played for Warroad for, for a year. And then this year in the USHL, did really good, almost a point per game. He's a Clarkson commit, but he's still really young. Obviously, he's still in the USHL, so he's got a few years of college hockey to go. But uh, I assume from his good history in the USHL, if he's able to make the, the jump and translate well to college hockey, he'll be a, a nice prospect for Vancouver and obviously has good size too. Yeah. Clearly. Um, all right. Aiden McDonough, Northeastern, but or, uh, yeah, Northeastern, sorry, but he is signed pro. Yeah. These last few guys, I think we've all talked about a little bit on the show. So we'll just quick brush through them, but Aiden McDonough already signed. He's already played six games with Vancouver at the end of the season, scored a goal on one of them. So already has his first pro NHL goal played four full years with Northeastern had really nice progression Finished up his year this year uh, as captain of the team. He had over a point per game. So seems like a really great value for a seventh round pick as a guy that already has played some NHL games now and uh, was a really good college hockey player. Some good value there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah. So you said let's breeze through these last couple. Let's start with Ikido Hirose, um, who was a free agent who signed. But he's six feet, you know, 170 pounds from Minnesota State. His brother is in the Detroit system. This is a good free agent signing, in my opinion. It's a guy who came into college hockey with four years of BCHL experience, so a lot, uh, and then played three years with Mankato. This past year, he did really good with them, was one of their top guys, and he has already skated in seven NHL games already and had three assists already. So a uh, really good player, and uh, I think that's a really great free agent signing for them. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, we got Max Sasson, uh, another free agent. This one, 22-year-old from Western Michigan. Yeah, and this guy isn't hasn't skated in NHL games yet, but he did join the AHL squad at the end of the year, got two points with them in seven games, and had a monster of a season this year as a sophomore, 42 points in 38 games. So had a really good season, didn't spend that much time in college hockey, but was really good in college when he was. Six-foot-one guy, uh, and seems like he'll be probably one of the go-to guys for the AHL team next year. Cool. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of uh, the podcast. Obviously, the draft will be before we record, so we will do a whole recap recap of it after. We'll be doing on Friday instead of Thursday uh, normally. But, yep, everyone enjoy it. Uh, and, yeah, enjoy the beautiful weather that's hopefully where you are. And, yeah, the, the draft is next week, so get excited. We'll be breaking it down. Um, thank you, Sydney, as always. And uh, if you want to listen to this podcast or any past episodes, go to thehockeynews.com slash podcast. Thank <laughs> you.